0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Student of the Gun University, a place for education and enlightenment. We help you gain a new perspective and understanding of firearms training. Your teacher today will be Professor Paul Markle, a veteran small arms and tactics instructor with 30 years of knowledge and experience. Grab your number two pencil, turn to page one, and let the learning begin. All right, all right, all right. Yes, indeed. It's time for yet another episode of the Student of the Gun University podcast. I am your host, as always, Professor Paul Markle. Recently, if you've been paying attention to our socialist media posts, or if you listen to the Student of the Gun radio live broadcast, the public broadcast every week, you'll know that Jared and I took a trip. We took a trip to Arizona. Yes, indeed. We were up in the mountains of Wyoming and Utah. And, well, we've been kind of up to our butt in snow this year. So we were looking forward to going to Arizona because we figured, well, you know, we'll we'll go to Arizona and it'll be sunny. It might not be hot, but at least it'll be sunny. (laughs) That's what you would think. And we got there and the first day of training, it was 35 degrees and steady rain yes and at times it was raining sideways but we got over it we had rain gear yes indeed i had my rain gear with me as a matter of fact we're going to talk about that uh, during the neps episode i'm going to talk about uh, prepping and uh, preparing yourself for the range but today i'm going to talk about developing bad habits on the range I've been to many, 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 many training schools and academies over the last 35 years or so, 36, 37 years, something like that, and one of the things that I've noticed uh, over the years is a change in how training is conducted, and most often that change or those changes are for the better because we learn, and that's the way it should be. It should be that we learn from our experiences after time. We examine what we're doing and why we're doing it. We make improvements. That's how we grow as humans, and that's how we grow in any field of endeavor, whether it's heart surgery or whether it's carpentry or whether it's using firearms for self-defense. Now, we need to, we need to understand and acknowledge that not everyone who – owns a gun or uses a gun or is doing so because they want to prepare for the gravest extreme for self-defense right although that is obviously the uh, most important reason to possess a gun everything else is just well you know if you like to shoot competitions or you like to shoot bullseye or you just like to go out on the weekend and uh, engage in what we so lovingly call plinking, plinking. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're going to be serious about it, and if you're going to take your firearms training seriously, and if you look at a firearm as an instrument of liberty, you should be engaging in training. Now, when you go to this training, that is where you should be learning good habits, positive habits habits that are going to help you be successful habits that are going to lead you down the path of success so if god forbid you ever have to use a firearm in a self-defense situation in the gravest extreme to stop a human or uh, well a two-legged or a four-legged predator from harming you or someone else that you will do it swiftly that you will do it efficiently, that you will do it correctly to the absolute best of your ability. Minimize casualties on your side, maximize casualties on their side, on the other side. That is the goal. Well, how do we do that? Well, we can do that by hoping and praying and wishing. We can just buy a gun and say to ourselves, well, you know, I'm a smart person. I'm a smart guy. You know, if, if I ever have to use this, I'll know what to do. Mm-hmm. Or you can uh, take a more reasonable and intelligent approach and you can engage in training. But here is the caveat or here is the, uh, the asterisk. When you engage in training, you need to ask yourself, what is this training and what is the purpose of this training? Is the purpose of this training firearms familiarization this is a gun this is how we put the bullets in the gun Uh, this is where the bullets come out of the gun the front of it they come out of the front of it really really fast these are the sights these are the controls this is how we do that now yes you need to know how to operate the machine but some firearms training classes are all about operating the machine and not about fighting or tactics or preparing to fight. And that's fine, but we need to understand that from the beginning. When you step onto the range, you need to understand what you're expecting. You 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 need to have practical expectations. Marksmanship. The bullets don't go into the target by themselves. They're not self-guided. You are the operating system for the gun, and it's up to you to make sure that the projectiles hit what they're supposed to hit and do not hit what they're not supposed to hit. Remember, there are far more things in this world that should not be shot than things that should be shot. You're responsible for every round that you launch. Every round that you launch from your gun is your responsibility, and if it runs into something or collides with something or someone that it wasn't supposed to, you own it, and it's your responsibility. Then we get to, let's say I go to a... Uh, a school, and the school is a fighting school. The school is a school that is training me uh, in the martial application of handguns, rifles, shotguns. We're going to develop habits. Now, the habits are either going to be good habits and positive habits, or they're going to be bad habits. And if someone says, if you have trainers or instructors, or if you if you teach yourself or convince yourself, say, "Well, on the range, I, I will handle the gun in this manner on the range, but in the real world, when it's really real, I, I I won't do it like that. I'll do it like this. I'll handle it in this manner on the range, on the training range, because it's okay, because nobody's shooting at me. There's no, there aren't any actual bad guys downrange, so I don't need to worry." so much i don't need to worry about how i'm handling the gun on a range on a training range because yeah there's no danger but if there ever is danger if i'm ever in in the real world in my house my living room if i'm in a parking lot wherever i am on planet earth and it's a fight well then i will handle it in this manner ladies and gentlemen you're fooling yourself you are fooling yourself. Because if you do not operate and behave and train, as it, and it's, I know it's become cliche, and I know it's a bit of rhetoric, but the fact is reality. You will behave and perform in a life and death situation as you have trained, and you will not rise to the occasion. You will default to the level of training that you have mastered. And if you have mastered, essentially, sloppy gun handling procedures, haphazard gun handling procedures, uh, if you have been trained to fiddle with your guns, then you will, once it's in, you're in the real world, perform in that way. One of the things that uh, that disturbs me is that people will say, and I, I see people uh, making I don't know. Excuses, I guess, would be the good. Or uh, uh, they're they're offering themselves excuses. They're, well, you know, it's this isn't this isn't fighting. We're not doing combat right now, so it doesn't really matter how I handle the gun. It doesn't really matter how I fiddle with it. If I fiddle with it, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about the universal safeties. We all know them, right? All guns are always loaded. Treat them such. Treat all guns as if they are always loaded all the time. Never allow the muzzle to cover anything you're not willing to destroy. Your finger is off the trigger and does not touch the trigger until your sights are on the tar- on the target and you've made the mental commitment or decision to shoot. And also know your target, what's around it, and what's beyond it, because as we said before, as we said before, uh, you own every round. And if your round goes into someone or something it should not have. It's your responsibility. Now, we should all know what a negligent discharge is, right? negligent discharge is when the gun goes off when you did not purposefully, deliberately intend it to. You were handling the gun, and it went bam! And a round went somewhere it wasn't supposed to go. Now, when we need to ask ourselves, when do negligent discharges occur? Do negligent discharges occur unless it's a mm, that one pistol that that some company with an S recently made? Do they go off in the holster? You're like, well, no, nine hundred ninety nine thousand times out of a million they don't go off in the holster okay so you're not going to have a negligent discharge in a holster chances are right all right are you going to have a negligent discharge when you see your target draw the gun and deliberately point the gun at the target is that when you have a negligent discharge and you say well no obviously duh i'm purposefully deliberately pointing a gun at a target and i'm shooting in that direction so that's i'm not having a negligent discharge okay Well, when do they happen then? Well, the answer is negligent discharges happen when you are handling guns. Not in the holster, not when you're engaged in purposefully using it. It happens when you're handling it. So if we accept that as true, if we accept the handling it premise as true, then what do we know? Or what should we know, or what should we surmise from that? What we should surmise is the more often you handle a gun in a non-tactical, non-purposeful manner, the greater the chances that you will have a negligent discharge. You're like, oh, I've been, I've been holding guns and shooting guns, and uh, my whole life, and I never did. Birdie hmm. ever. Uh, if you talk to any seasoned firearms instructor, when I say seasoned, I mean three decades or more of teaching, they will tell you that the people who say, I've never had one, he said, uh, uh, John Farnham, uh, he said, two kinds of people in the in the gun world and the gun community and the gun culture, those who have had negligent discharges, those who will have negligent discharges, and those who are lying about it. And uh, we don't want to, we don't aspire to negligent discharges, uh, certainly. We don't want to have it. We, but the fact of the matter is, the more you handle firearms, the greater the chances are that you're going to have a negligent discharge. You're like, um, okay, and your point would be what? My point would be this. Before you handle a gun before especially handguns. Now don't get me wrong, people ND shotguns and rifles too. Uh, but before you handle a pistol, revolver, handgun, whatever, you need to be you need to stop and ask yourself, is there a reason for me to be handling this or am I just doing it out of nervous habit? Am I doing this out of habit? I'll give you a great example. The press checkers. Yes, the press checkers. Uh, first of all, press checking is an exercise in... I'm going to keep this PG. In, uh, it's a masturbatorial exercise. Is that PG for you? Yeah. Is that PG enough for you guys? Stop doing it. Stop doing it. People who... And that that press checking falls into the... Fiddling with guns category. Load your gun in the proper manner, put it in the holster, leave it alone. If you don't need, if you're not planning to shoot the gun, or you don't need, you're not taking it off at night or whatever, leave it in the holster. Stop fiddling with it. People who have personal defense guns carry guns that they're constantly taking off during the day if you're that person you get up in the morning and you put a gun on and you're like well i'm gonna go here and do this so i, I can't have a gun there or i'm not allowed to have a gun there so i'm gonna take it off and put it here well then i'll put it back on and then you get home and you're like well i'm at home now i don't need to have a gun on my body because i'm not paranoid so i'm gonna take it off and put it somewhere and then I'll put it back on. And then I'll take it off and put it back on. Take it off and put it back on. And and of course, in this whole process, you keep taking it off, stick it in desk drawers and stuff. Then you get this the little the doubt in your mind. You're like, um, it should still be loaded. I mean, I didn't unload it, but oh, I better press check it just in case. So then you engage in the press check fiddling with a gun. Ladies and gentlemen, I've, I see people doing this on the training range. I see people I and I witness people begin the training. They load their guns up and they put them in a holster and then they walk around, they do other stuff, they go back up. And instead of saying, okay, the gun's been in the holster this whole time. I loaded it when I put it in there, unless aliens came and vaporized the cartridge out of the chamber, it's, it's good to go. I don't need to pull it out and habitually press check and fiddle with it. But I watch people do this on ranges. What you're doing, and they say, it doesn't matter, Paul, come on, I'm on, a, I'm on the shooting range, who cares? Well, you're developing a bad habit. A bad habit on the range translates to a bad habit in your bedroom, in your living room, in your car, whatever stop doing it. Do not allow bad habits to creep into your behavior on the training range. Because if you do that, if you're a gun fiddler, if you're a gun handler, if you're farting with guns on the training range, you will leave the training range and you will go out into the world, like I said, living room, bedroom, car, whatever, and you'll fiddle with it out of habit out of a nervous habit, and you're going to ND that gun, and hopefully the bullet doesn't go into someone, you know, a person. Of course, if it goes into anything in public, you're going to be in trouble because generally people get excited when you launch bullets into bathroom stalls and floors and ceilings of restaurants and so on and so forth. So you know how you prevent that? Stop fiddling with your guns. Stop farting around with them engage in purposeful deliberate training and do it right how's that sound does that work for you guys all right ladies and gentlemen i know we're a little bit long today but you're worth it yes indeed you're always worth it i am your host paul markle i'll talk to you again real soon thanks for joining us today we are big fans of the value for value model please go to sotgu.com to contribute the amount that best fits the value that you got out of this lesson It could be $5 or $5 million. By contributing, you will help the show grow and assist in the education of your peers. And remember, you are a beginner once, a student for life.